everybody cast No, don't be naughty, go meet everybody Here on Buddy Cast Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome the founder and host of BuddyCast, Nick Sorensen. It's another episode of everybody's favorite podcast, BuddyCast. I'm your host, Nick Sorensen, and joining me today is a very special buddy, uh, my new buddy, Basil, the comedian. How you doing? Hey, good, man. Nick, what's happening with you, bro? I'm doing fantastic. I'm happy to, have to be you. A, a buddy of yours right now. It to me means the world. I mean, you know, million bucks or being Nick's buddy. Hmm. You hmm. Million bucks, uh, Nick's buddy. Hmm. I don't know. I mean, to be quite honest with you, it's a very difficult thing to actually, uh, especially in today's economy, you know? Yeah. I'm, I'm going to go. I'm, I'm really thinking I'm going to go with uh, Nick's buddy because <laughs> I, I don't even have to pay for anything. You know, exactly. let's pretend we are, let's say, a city in the Northwest where people can steal up to $999 worth of stuff. Who needs money when you can do that? But when you're Nick's buddy, well, you have it all right there. Uh-huh. And you don't even need to steal it. No, no, no. No, you don't. <laughs> makes no sense. Yeah. Yeah, I'm taking a million bucks. I love you, Nick, but I'm sorry. I'm taking a million bucks. I'd do the same exact thing, buddy. <laughs> What's just going on? I'm happy to be here with you. Yeah, we're happy to have you. And just to let you know, you're not a guest on the show. You're a buddy. I'm a buddy. Yes. Uh, and, I, you know, I feel the love. You know, I really That's... do. Love like this, you usually get in prison. But this is special. <laughs> this is special. Love. Oh, boy. <laughs> so No, man. Our... Good to be back. Yes. As our audience can tell, you're a comedian. Um, what what inspired you to step into comedy? You know, it was kind of funny, you know, because everybody asks, you know, the same question. But how'd you get started? I was in law school, so you could see the easy segue going from law school to comedy. Um, I was in law school, and I wound up needed a break one day. It was my first year, and I said, "What am I going to do?" And I decided to go ahead and actually go to a comedy show. And uh, Dave Couillet who played in full house was the headliner there and he was doing some stuff. And I'm like, well, this guy sucks. And he, he really didn't have a great show. So I wound up, um, Oh, look, oh, Mike, was that Mike? Yeah. Mike, Mike Brennan. Brennan. Hey man. Great. Mm -hmm. Thanks for, for having me, bro. You know, I'm, any listen, just to be a buddy of Nick's now we're buddies now too, Mike. Yes. Um, so I wound up and I, I was with my cousin and of course my ego, uh, is, is huge. And I said, I could be funnier than that. And he goes, prove it to me. I got 20 bucks and man, I was like 20 bucks. Yeah. What do I got to do? He goes, you got to go up there and do five minutes on open mic night. Pfft, five minutes. I got your five minutes. Next thing you know, went up there and I'll be damned if I didn't win the open mic night. And, uh, it was nothing more than, you know, dick jokes and stuff like that but you know it was uh but it was fun and i got hooked and i said wow this is kind of you know easy um for me anyway because i you know the art of bs is always on my side so i was always <laughs> real happy about that but to be honest with you it worked out and that's where i got started in comedy and one thing led to another i started off with uh my open mic group was uh oh god i don't know if you guys are going to know these names steve harvey uh, AJ mm -hmm. Jamal, Special K, Bertice Berry, 
uh, and we all went in our own little you know directions and actually done pretty well for ourselves. Mm-hmm. Do you still keep in touch with those guys today? I keep in touch. Um, well, special uh, special died. Um, I haven't talked to AJ in a bunch of years. Bertice, I haven't talked to Steve Steve Harvey and I uh, chat uh, periodically with each other and stuff. I see what he's doing. He's pretty nice. successful right now, so I can't nice. really say anything. Yeah. And you're right. It always is a group when it comes to open mic nights. Like me, as someone who's practiced comedy, you know, there's an open mic group here in Erie. And there are comedians that, you know, you have your regulars. You have your people who you see at every open mic. So I can tell you without even going to this mic, who's going to be there, what they're going to say, yada, 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 you know. But, but it like, gives you an opportunity to, stre- you know, to actually stretch your wings out a little bit, to try material out. Um you know, I have a unique look. So everyone knew who I was as soon as I came into the comedy club. Right. So, mm-hmm. you know, from television appearances and from being at that club uh, before. So sometimes I will fly into a city a day early and actually go and do their open mic night to try material that I've never tried before, but I think the material is going to work. Um, or sometimes if I really want to do something, you know, kind of daring, I will go and add a couple of new pieces in, you know, in between a few solid pieces. So this, this way, if it doesn't work as well, oh, it's got, uh, thanks so much. Uh, Facebook with Basil, yeah, juniors was always a blast, but mm-hmm. you wind up going ahead and doing that. It was, you know, you create a character and if you can put that material in there to see if it works great, you know, and if it doesn't, it doesn't. And you can, I don't say give up on the piece because in your mind, if you think it's funny, it's funny, mm-hmm. you know, but the thing is, how do I get the audience to think it's funny? What do I have to do to, do I have to bring my shoulders in? Do I have to inflect with my voice? Do I have to, and I do a lot of voice work. So to inflect on the voice is not a thing, but I have to think how it's going to work, you know? So, mm-hmm. and it's got to be clean. It's got to be fun. It's got to be uh, something that the audience is going to love too. You know, just because I think it's funny, it may not tickle the audience's fancy. There are things that you and I like. I like bizarre, bizarre stuff. Uh, And, you know, to me, the more bizarre, the better. Mm -hmm. But bizarre sometimes doesn't translate well on stage. Yes, I totally agree. There are plenty of times I'm writing a joke where it goes like, like you're you're writing and you're laughing as you're writing. Like, this is going to be killer. You go up, you perform, and you get crickets. Yeah. And you, because you just haven't learned in your mind. Like I have a thing, if I can close my eyes and see me giving the line out. And if I see the audience laughing, that was always a telltale sign. That's a great bit. My thing is how do I deliver that bit into for the audience to go ahead and see the same vision I just saw where they're all laughing when you're doing something like juniors. um, It's now called colors. I heard. So when you're doing, when it used to be juniors, the audience was so in tune into the act. Look, I don't think anyone has ever had a bad set on that stage. Now, I don't know what it's like now, to be quite honest with you. I haven't been asked to come on back, Um, but I'm sure it's, you know, the people who used to own it, um, you know, uh, Doug and, you know, uh, and, and everyone who was there and um, Jr. Uh, mm-hmm. junior, uh, who owned it. I mean, they were Debbie who used to book it, um, just phenomenal people, yes. you know, um, and they had their favorites. They knew when to bring me in. They knew when, and I knew when to come in too. So I really did. It was no big special, you know, type of thing. Um, 
you know, some of the greatest memories I've ever had doing the show was trying to teach Doug's wife how to go ahead and blow fire because I used to blow fire in the beginning of my show uh, using 151 because I come on as a real badass, you know, wearing black leather and, you know, leather pants or blue black jeans or whatever, coming on a born to be wild and then blowing, sucking down a cigarette, blowing an arc of flame out of my mouth. And so she really wanted to go ahead and do this. And I said, yeah, I don't know if you're ready. I said, all right, well, this is what you got to do. And I was, let's try it out with water and see if you can mist it out. And she's trying. I said, okay, good. Now here's a small shot. Try and do that. And she drank the shot instead of keeping it in her mouth and misting it out. So the fire can explode. And I never seen a woman change five different colors as as quickly as she did uh, drinking Bacardi 151 rum. So it's, it's a pretty of a harsh alcohol (laughs) to say the least. Yeah. (laughs) definitely that brings me this actually brings me to my next question which is what was your experience like when you came here to erie what was you know always always a great audience always a receptive audience um they were i mean the line i'm like because i don't really because i don't have that ego where people are like oh my god it's basically yes you know bow to me kiss my hand and Mm -hmm. i i kind of don't do that um and but people love to take pictures with me and we joke a little bit and the line would not stop it was from the showroom out and then they had to be out a certain way and i would sell our goods our t-shirts i would have to sign t-shirts and dvds and all that type of stuff it's they had to buy it first and then wait for me and they would all wait in that one little holding area where you would get your tickets mm-hmm. and i would just sit there and sign and spend time take pictures with them and do all that as well so audience that were always phenomenal over there to be mm-hmm. quite honest with you uh, at juniors and again i'm sure uh keller's is doing a great job it's more of a, a magic i think it's, they do a lot of magic there mm-hmm. too. okay yep they still mix in the comedy aspect too but yeah which is yeah. which is great you know my yes. thing is when I, they would mention my name it was always the show would sell out about a week before i would get there which is also <laughs> you know an ego rush oh my god yeah they love me here in the eerie you know i'm huge in eerie you know mm-hmm. so um yeah just always a great wonderful crowd i could do the same material or i could always experiment and i love when i work the crowd because when i work that crowd i'm bringing everyone in that show that came to that show that I work comes in full circle. And at the end is the punchline where they get the whole shebang and people go crazy with it. And it was always a standing ovation. So, you know, always a good club. Love it. Love to hear that. And did you, am I correct? You filmed a special here in Erie, didn't you? I did film a special in Erie. um, And uh, it was called a pinch of basil and Mm. which is the name of my radio show slash podcast that I do. And it was done there. Uh, as a matter of fact, man, if I, you know, if I were smart enough, I would have brought uh, one of my videos here and I would have shot or DVDs and say, this is it. So mm-hmm. if those who are watching right now, if you guys have a pinch of basil, let me know. Um, and, you know, this way, I'll send it to me. I'll sign it for you if I haven't already signed it for you. But it was, uh, again, we did a five camera shoot there, uh, two shows, and it was an unbelievable crowd. But I could have done it any crowd. I could have done it on the crowd on Thursday. I could have done it for the crowd on Friday, crowds on Saturday. You know, and that we used to sell out all five shows, you know, all the time. And it was so cool to do that. Um, 
you know, a couple of times it was comedians saying, oh, yeah, it wasn't sold out. Well, I said, well, you know, you just ain't nothing. So <laughs> you know, to me, it was always a lot of fun. Let me see yeah. if I can see any comments here. Oh, there are some comments there. I'm going to put oh, my yeah. glasses on. So I'm actually watching because I always love to see, I said, Basil at Junior's Last Laugh, always a highlight. Welcome to the world of being a buddy of Nick. Um, let me see. Best of, what is that? Best of that's, uh, that's something I'm going to promote later. Okay. Live stream. And for all the people who are watching and listening to this show, um, again, this has been, always been a lot of fun to come up to Erie. You know, what's so special about Erie? And uh, you know what? It's one of those places because I lived in Cleveland for a bunch of years, and uh, Cleveland's not that far from Erie. So, um, my guy, is it talking to you or is he talking to me? I, I just think he's talking to, to both of us. Oh, okay. All right. Um, so, you know, to me, Erie was just one of those great places, wonderful in the summertime, you know, um, to come there and goof off and drink and party a little bit. And then um, wintertime, it was so funny. Every time I'd fly into Erie, this is what I get. There's always like a blizzard. How these people came through the snow and sell out these shows in blizzard conditions, first show, second show. And, and this is what I get. You know, before you came, it was just beautiful. The robins were singing. The birds were just flying. It was just so nice. Then you came here and this crap happened, you know, and it's just, you know, we just don't know. And evidently Mother Nature has a thing for me and she just wants to bend me over and do you know what to me. So <laughs> evidently every time I come there, always snow. And it, it was just, you know, a wonderful time. It really was. And I can't say enough about Erie PA being again, one of the great places. If you're, if you're eating Welch's grape jelly, well, you know where they get the grapes from, from Erie for God's sakes. Exactly. So, yeah. A lot of people don't know that, that because that soil is so perfect in Erie. That's why they yep. have all their uh, grapes there. We have our hometown pride, you know, um, you would mention the snow. One of my favorite parts of being a, a comedian, you can't probably tell this about me, but I'm a little person. I have no. a form of dwarfism called hypochondroplasia. So that gives me the unique aspect, you know, and I <laughs> Where love the snow is taller than you are. For God's what sake. I love <laughs> is when people complain about the snow. <laughs> they say something like, oh, their ankles are cold today or something, you know, like they just stepped outside. And I'm like, oh, boy, you. you know? <laughs> yeah, I'll tell you what. Says, where's where's Nick? Oh, he's yeah. in the snowbank. Let's go get him. <laughs> All right. Let's go yeah. dig him out real quick. <laughs> you know, the comedian Brad Williams, right? Sure. Um, I love his bit on the snow where he says he went out to the sports store and um, bought one of those like safety flags, you know. His friend goes, you look ridiculous. He says, I don't care. I'm living. This thing stops <laughs> moving. Start digging. I'm like, That's I think I think he was at the club a couple of times already. Yes. You know, just a funny, funny cat. Really, yes. really funny. And he does it in a way that's it's not offensive to anyone way. It's, you know, for, for the little people out there, too. He's just mm -hmm. a really funny, funny cat. Yeah, he puts a lot of things into perspective. He puts a lot of things into, like, I can, I'm laughing because I can relate to that. Like, I can... Like, that is it. Like, when people have interactions with little people, yeah. there's always just something there. Like, there's always some aspect there. It's never just a, hi, I'm Nick. Hi, I'm Basil. Nice to meet you. You know, <laughs> it's always some something like people get the look on face like, <gasps> like they just found like a million dollars on the street or something. Or When I was in high school, I was a, I don't want to say I was a big shot when I played ball, but when I played ball there, um, you know, that uh, was just a lot of fun you know, to be with. And there was a, a girl there who was, went to our high school who was a little person. 
And because I paid her attention, you know, I paid attention to her. You know, a lot of people didn't want to. They thought it was like, mm -hmm. eh, you don't want to talk to her there and stuff. And I thought it was stupid. So here I am, six foot two, and there she was, like maybe four eight, you know, something like that. And and she had a biggest crush on me. And I remember I brought her like a little cake for her birthday. Uh -huh. and she was over the hill and, and I was teasing because I could always tease, but do it in a nice way. I said, I bought you a cake. Now to you, it may be very, very large, but to me, this is a very, this is a mouthful. And she thought it was funny. And, you know, I lost touch with her and, uh, but what a sweetheart she was. She really, really was. And, uh, mm -hmm. oh my God, I didn't even think about that it was so long ago for God's yeah. sakes. She's yeah, that's part, that's part of the show, bringing buddies back together, you know? Absolutely. It's the whole thing, my God. And the women in Erie, outstanding. Mm -hmm. Sexy, outstanding. <clears throat> we'll just keep it at that. Sounds good. <laughs> uh, so now let's go back a little further. I wanted sure. to go back to this question. Do you remember, you mentioned, you know, you started out just like every other comedian going to the open mic level. Do you remember your first big show, your first big paid gig? When you say like my first big paid gig or my first gig that I got paid for. Yeah, let's go gig you got paid for. Wow. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I do. As a matter of fact, there was a place in Northeast Ohio and it was called Chubby's. And they wound up saying, all right, we'll give you 25 bucks to do a set here. And the thing is, you weren't really concerned about the money. I was working at a law firm at that time and I was making good money. And that's why I only use the name Basil because I never want to use my full name because I was afraid if they put it in the newspaper, the law firm that I was working at would sit there and just crap on me. So um, I was like, no, we're not going to do that. And I remember going there and there was this maybe a square that they created, maybe about five foot by four foot. That was the stage, right? With a mm -hmm. microphone stand, it was like a heat lamp on top of you, practically coming down. That was going to be your lighting. And I remember, you remember those poppers that you would throw these poppers and it hit the ground. And as soon as you hit the ground, it would pop, you know, like that, yeah. right? Well, this guy took one of the big ones and threw it against the wall. And the only thing I saw was the hand doing this with a popper coming right by this paper and all pop like that. I lost my crap. And I walked, followed the guy, and the guy started running. I'm very, very fast for a guy my size. And I caught him by the hood. He was wearing one of those hoodie-type things. By the hood, grabbed him and punched him in the face. And the guy went down. Little did I know that was the general manager. Oh. Yeah. And he thought he was having fun. And he was – the guy just went down. And I picked him up and someone screamed out, no, Basil, no, Basil, no, he's the, he's the GM here. And I went, mm. and I'm thinking, I guess I'm not getting paid for this gig, you know? So I I'm wound never, up, I'm never the guy paid me and he apologized for, I'm so sorry. I didn't know. You, you, okay. I'm so sorry. And meanwhile, the guy's got blood stained still on his face, you know, because I punched mm. him square in the nose and the guy went down and, um, yeah, that was, and I got paid 25 bucks for not only doing a great set and, uh, but punching out the GM. Yeah, it was a good day. Wow. 
Normally <laughs> well, you're thinking first... about this stuff like, well, I'm never getting asked back here again or something like that, you know? <laughs> no, they actually hired me back because I think one of the owner's friends was there, said what happened. The owner called me. I'm so sorry. They apologized profusely, right? Mm-hmm. And I guess they scolded the manager there. And one thing led to another. And I'm like, wow. So just tremendous individual. Uh, the guy was, you know, stepped up paid me and then hired me back to do like other things for them. And, you know, and I think that was my first pay 25 bucks. And then, yeah, then there's, you know, the ones that you get paid big money for that, uh, usually at casinos or, um, you know, at huge theaters or whatever, or outdoor events that you're doing something. And it's really, really cool because they wire you the money. And maybe you'll show up, you know, one of those yeah. things. So I'm like, okay. So it's, it's nice, you know, and mm-hmm. I thank God I have the act that can, um, that can, I guess, command that type of uh, money. So mm-hmm. we were very, very fortunate. Thank God. Yep. Now you brought up a story that has another question brewing in my mind, which is hecklers. Every good comedian's got them. Every comedian's dealt with them. I've dealt with them. You know, I want to give you a quick heckler story from me. Um, this one, I was doing this one, uh, open mic and this guy who went on almost right after me, he was just shouting from the audience, you know, like I gave you the, um, I gave you the winter joke and he was saying stuff like they were blue before you were even born, stuff like that. Like he was just constantly yelling. So he was an open micer doing that to you. Uh Uh-huh. So what I finally did, I stopped. I looked at him and I said, sir, I got a question for me. I got a question. People ask me all the time, how small am I? I'm wondering right here, right now, how high are you? (laughs) He almost answered and and I said, no, no, no. I'm not asking about your physical stature. (laughs) And the crowd went nuts. Yeah. You know, you... they always, there are people, you know, when you can hit a, when you can hit a, a heckler mm-hmm. and if they're drunk, it doesn't matter. They're going to continue. They don't know when enough is enough. You know that as well as I do. It doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. You know, if you shut them up, if you're too hard on shutting a heckler up, well, then now you got the audience against you mm-hmm. because you were too harsh. Yeah. So I have my own little secrets that I wind up doing and, or my little, little things here and there that I wind up and I just sometimes have to give a nod and a look like, do you need me to come down there? You know, like acting like their mother, you know, whatever the case may be, because if you want a scene, I will create a scene, you know, uh, maybe something, uh, perhaps that came from, you know, (laughs) from Shakespeare, who knows, but I will give you a scene, you know, um, you try to make it funny. And if they don't, then you can be vicious. You know, I've had people, that were just because you want the audience to be behind you, not mm-hmm. to feel sorry for the guy that just heckled you because you hit him too hard. So it's, you know, one of those things that you, you get all the time, man. Absolutely. Yeah. Do you have any other heckler stories? Maybe audience appropriate, of course, and everything like that. Uh, you know what? It's kind of funny. Well, sometimes I'll sit there and look and people say that you're the only one who does this. So Nick, if you use this, I'll crap on you. So anyway, <laughs> I'll say, no, who the hell gave you a speaking part? Let me look at my script. And I start doing this. Like I'm looking through the script. And I'm going, there's nothing there. It doesn't show anything on you. <laughs> so, you know, and then just the all audiences starts laughing because I wasn't too hard and I made it funny and I made it cutesy. Now if the guy's an ass. Well, then you can hit him with whatever, you know, mm-hmm. uh, 
you know, it, so that's what I try to do. Have I had anyone? No, because I usually been on top of my game when mm -hmm. I'm out there. And I think people are always afraid to heckle me because either I'm going to beat the crap out of them or I'm going to wind up whatever. So they don't know what they're going to get with me, you know? Mm -hmm. So it's always a, a bag of tricks. So I've been very, 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 very blessed about having that in my, you know, in, in my, uh, in my career, to be quite honest with you. I'm glad to hear that. I'm glad to hear no one gives you stuff for doing something that you're passionate about, you know? No, you do your show. And I think, you know, people who paid money to see the show, including the heckler, you know, they'll sit there and go, you know, I better shut up. This guy's yeah. got the upper hand. I got the microphone. You don't. You know, mm -hmm. there's a reason why people have come and put their chairs in front of me looking at me. Not so much looking at you. You know, sometimes if you deal with a female heckler, you got to be careful. Again, if you're too harsh, they'll turn, the audience will turn on you. So mm -hmm. you always got to take that into consideration. Mm. Very good points there. And you got to be... There's other things too. You got to really know the audience. Like you got to know like, Hey, that's the GM or that's this or that's the, you know, yeah, it would help a lot. If it's the GM, you don't want to punch out the GM, you know, uh, Doug and Debbie, it, you always knew Doug cause Doug was tall, lanky and Doug yes. had big hands. You know, I would hate to get hit in the face with Doug's fist. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So it was always something that was always a lot of fun, uh, actually dealing with them because they were so unique and such wonderful. And so was junior, you know, um, yeah, and his wife, uh, they were just lo lovely people. They really yes. were. Yes, they truly, and they still are to this day. They oh, have, yeah. They still Very supportive. Own, they still own the restaurant. They still mm -hmm. have that. So if you're ever in town and want to get lunch, that's the that's that's place, place I would recommend. Go. But they don't own the restaurant in the club, do they? No, not the, no, cl not the club. The um, They own the restaurant down by the lake. What's it called again? Uh, Junior's by the Bay or the Slappy Duck. The Slappy uh, Sloppy Duck. Yes. Slappy duck or sloppy duck? Sloppy. Too. Okay. Sloppy. Yeah. I remember that because um, a junior wanted me to come and do a show there during the summertime. He goes, dude, you would kill. And I could never find because usually I'm touring because I do two sets of shows, two, two, two different types of shows, one in Greek and one in English. So I, I'm mm -hmm. bilingual. So I get a chance to tour Greece and tour the Mediterranean doing my stand up that way and do a lot of cruises that are Greek cruises. And we'll do that as well. So I've been very, very fortunate with that. Wow. Yeah. That brings up my next question. Where are some sure. of your favorite places to perform? Oh my God. Uh, I love, you know, going when I'm in Australia, I love playing Sydney. I love playing Melbourne. I love playing Adelaide, um, gold coast, uh, Brisbane, um in all in australia they're fantastic uh there's just not one place nick uh i love playing london um i love playing birmingham um i've been i played paris um munich um you know cyprus uh, all throughout cyprus um south africa and johannesburg um all throughout north america you know, Canada and the United States, you know, Montreal is a great place to, to perform as well. I've done my Greek show. I filmed a Greek special in Montreal. So I'm now getting ready to do another special that we're going to film. And I think uh, we've decided um, just the other day that's going to be in Atlantic City uh, that I'm going to be doing my general audience show. Because the last one I did was years ago, which was at, you know, Juniors. And we sold over a million copies of that uh, worldwide. So we've done very, very well for that. So now, uh, Netflix is kind of knocking on the door to do that. So I got to, you know, do something with Netflix. So we're kind of excited about that. It's kind of cool. That is awesome. I'm excited. Yeah. I'm, I'm excited for you, man. That sounds <laughs> like 
When you have Netflix knocking on the door, you know you've made it. You know. Thank God I got great management mm -hmm. because um, you know we also have opened up. Excuse me, got the burps now. Uh, we've opened up a production company here in Wilmington, North Carolina, and it's called Spice Rack Entertainment. And Spice Rack Entertainment's been involved, and we got a TV show uh, that right now that we are involved. We're in pre-production right now. We'll be in production late January, all the way through till March. Uh, early April, we'll be have uh, seven. We signed on for seven. If they ask for more, then I got to cancel some shows and then do a few more if it's successful, which we think we will be. So we've been very, very blessed uh, with that. So Spice Rack Entertainment has been done, you know, very, very well for us. And it's been nice. I'm not the typical. I know some of the maybe audience members are going, yeah, but how come he's not crazy like he is on stage and ain't allowed and because this is the way I really am <laughs> yeah. with a button down shirt and, you know, <laughs> and everything. So, um, it's not your typical crazy basil running all over the place, screaming and stuff like that. So, um, that's my other character that I played. Now this is the real person that I am. Hey, we love authenticity here. <laughs> well, you got it. Exactly. Now I want to ask something. You mentioned you have a bilingual show. You have a right. show that you do in Greece. Tell us a little bit about that. The Greek show is called Growing Up Greek in America. It's a series we did. Growing Up Greek in America, one, comedy Greek style. Growing Up Greek in America, two, live from Boston. Growing Up Greek in America, three, Greeks Gone Wild. And then also some CDs that we did on parody songs as well, Hey Yaya and Men in Skirts, which are parody songs from the 60s all the way through today. And my stuff has been shown all over the world many, many, many times over. So we've been very, again, very, very blessed doing that. And it's about growing up in a conservative Greek household in a wide open American society. Um, you know, the double entendres on words, Greek words and English words. And what we had to deal with, with a crazy grandmother and grandfather, along with your crazy parents and owning a restaurant and dealing all the time with that type of personalities, you know, in a strong, crazy home that that you have and people who are greek and even their children who are greek because i get them from the womb to the tomb like i said so i'll have the kids i'll have their parents i'll have the grandparents and sometimes even the great grandparents who come to my shows um these shows are completely pg shows and the place goes crazy for it and then it's so cool because you can literally see four generations laughing at the same material that you're doing right so i love that part you know where you know you see the old grandparents are slapping themselves with the you know their their children and their children and their child you know it's great you can't ask for anything better than that you know what i'm saying that Absolutely. to me is where the magic is when you can hit that with all all the parents and and, and family involved that's like i said when you know you've hit it big you know you've done it you've done your well, job well, you've done your job, but you know, it, it takes writing. I mean, you got to sit oh, yeah. there and write, you know, and I do half of that show in Greek. So I speak fluent Greek. I go back and forth to Greece. I do business in Greece. So about two, three times a year, I go to Greece. So, you know, doing that, or I'll fly into Turkey or I'll fly into Cyprus or do whatever I need to do to do that. So it's very, very cool. Mm -hmm. That is awesome. Hey, now speaking of shows, yeah. Um, do you have any upcoming shows you'd like to promote right here right now? Yeah, as a matter of fact, you know, if you go I, um, uh, to basillive.com, uh, there are probably about another 20 shows that um, that I have to post. But we didn't post because I don't have the ticket links yet. 
So yeah. you can buy your tickets directly from there, or you can find out where I'm going to be, but I'll be uh, everywhere from Las Vegas to Reno, Nevada to, we didn't even post a show that we're going to be doing in, in, um, in uh, Atlantic city for my special. So there's a lot of different places that you can catch us that we'll be playing at. So go to the website, basil live. That's B A S I L E L I V E.com. Check out the shows that are there listed right on the front page. Um, you can see some of the stuff that we have. Hey, you can even download any of the stuff because we no longer sell DVDs. Everything mm. is now downloadable. You can download, go directly into your, you know, your, I don't know if you use a tablet, you can do it into your phone. You can do it into your computer, whatever you want, pay that price, download it quickly. Bam. You got the whole show right then and there. It's actually pretty easy and it doesn't allow us to go ahead and actually have to worry about, Oh my God, we got to get a shipment of DVDs and this. And that. if people want to get a card after a show, we have a big card where they can do a scratch off where it's a special code that you can get and they wind up paying for that and they get their one, um, actual item that they may want wow i like that idea a lot i like that actually it works well yeah you don't have to worry about any type of overhead with the actual um having a hard copy dvd that's what i was worrying about for the per unit thing so yeah it works Mm -hmm. out very well exactly and it's much more easy to carry much more easy to deal with you don't have to lug around 50 dvds you know like just from club to club or have to be like okay we're selling out but go to this place or do that it's just simple here you go here's a card yep and we make it as easy as possible. They can go ahead and do it and uh, just go ahead where it says, you know, store and get your stuff. And then the other thing is we have a new T-shirt and new tour. The new tour is called the Basils. You ready for this? Homeschool Dropout World Tour. So that's for the wow. general audience show. And then for the Greek show, it's the Benduza Palooza World Tour. So I like we have that two name. different shows, Venduza Palooza. So it's for me, it's always a lot of fun, you know, doing that and play off on words and stuff. And the Venduza Greeks would understand that Venduza is cupping. And you know what uh, cupping is, is when they wind up taking a glass and putting a flame underneath it, taking the oxygen out and put it on your back. And you see your back come up and it's like suctions it, right? Yeah. Well, they put rubbing alcohol. And it's like to take, they, they want to take the impurities out of you in that way. It used to scare the hell out of me because I saw rubbing alcohol and a flame. I'm like, someone's catching on fire and I cannot afford, ill afford to have this beautiful quaff of hair to actually go up in flames. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. That's all I need course. to say. <laughs> of course. Now, talking about shows again, you also have a podcast, am I not, Brad? Yeah, I am. I have a wonderful podcast. Uh, as a matter of fact, we're going to have uh, uh, George Pardis is going to be on with us. Uh, he is a big time wrestling promoter uh, who, uh, he, yeah, he's been pretty well known in the Virginia, North Carolina, on the East Coast side of things. And, uh, and of course, you know, we had Ken Shamrock, one of the best wrestlers out there, who's just an animal. And we had him on there. And then we got Coach Mike Dicka from the Chicago Bears will be with us uh, in a couple of weeks. He'll be joining us. So, so we're wow. very, very excited about that, having Coach Dicka with us. And I bring on sports legends. I bring on the head of the NFL um, uh, Hall of Fame, uh, George Veris, has been with us. Authors, uh, Gary Grossman who's the author of the series of uh, Red Hotel and uh, Red Deception. All those um, Red series, he is also a multi-Emmy Award, I'm sorry, yes, Emmy Award-winning director, producer, writer for over 10,000 productions. 
Uh, we've had him on and as an author as well, bestseller list. So we've been very, very you know, blessed to do that. So if any of you are listening right now, go to either Basil Fans, okay, follow me. And then every Wednesday, you can catch the show and you can see us what we do Wednesday at 8 p.m. Eastern time. 8 p.m. Eastern time. It's called a pinch of basil. You can do it or at basil, the comedian. If you go to my YouTube page and you'll see our little icon there, make sure you hit that. And then also on Twitch at pinch of basil. And then we're on everything else as well. Apple podcasts, um, you name it from A to Z. So we're on anchor. So, and of all the outlets that we have on anchor, but you can visually see the show like we're doing on the buddy cast right now, mm-hmm. or you can go ahead and actually just listen to it. And it's a lot of fun. And we call it a pinch of basil because we ask the serious questions. And then we go into a little bit of fun where we kind of goof off with the actual artist and, or entertainer and, or author and, or athlete. So we mm-hmm. try to do everything that we can to try and make it entertaining for an hour. I like how similar our shows are, you know? Absolutely. Like we're, we're able to ask you the serious questions like, hey, what's the, you know, how do you handle a heckler from if there's anyone watching that wants to be a comedian but just has tough times with that? The funny question, give us the funniest thing that's happened to you on stage, you know, like something like that. Like, the, Sure. I so. mean, you know, you ask the comedian that and I'm sure they're going to have so many. I mean, I think one of the things – if you're asking me that question, I think mm-hmm. one of the funniest things that ever happened to me were it caught me off guard. Um, besides, I had a woman actually masturbating underneath a table, you know, uh, without me even no. And I'm like, and I saw it from only my perspective. That was one of the craziest things I ever had because I went through an hour's worth of material in about seven minutes. So I was like, I had no idea. The other one was when a guy laughed so hard, he was sitting in the front. This is in Buffalo at the old funny bone, laughed so hard that his teeth shot out and landed on stage right by my foot. And I'm like, the hell is that? And I never, I sat there and went, and I, (laughs) <laughs> I didn't know what to do. I felt bad for the dude because the stage was a real, it was like a three-tier stage, a two-tier mm-hmm. stage. And the first stage was like no more than about this high, right? So, and the table is right against the stage. And the guy went like that laughing. And the teeth came out and just landed and rolled up right to my foot. And I'm like, and people up front were dying laughing. <laughs> Because they all saw that. And the people maybe in the second section saw that, right? Yeah. But the people in the back didn't understand. I was like, I don't I don't know how to I don't know how to talk about this. <laughs> so I took a napkin off to the side and I grabbed the teeth. I said, Sir, I think these belong to you. <laughs> and the guy goes, Yep, they would be mine. <laughs> Jesus Christ. So for all the people out there listening, please, please, please. Make sure you have your name on your teeth. <laughs> so we don't get... <laughs> Stupidest freaking thing I've ever went through. I started laughing so hard. I'm like, wow, man, this is bizarre. So uh, to me, this is something that uh, that that makes me laugh. That was probably those two things were probably the most, and and maybe one was a little inappropriate to mention, but I did it in the scientific terms. But that was one of the, th- and I went, wow. 
And I literally, and my friend, and I just improvised. I couldn't look at her anymore. I had to improvise the rest of my show because I went through an hour's worth of material, about seven minutes. And the other comics go, what happened to this bit? And how come you didn't do this? And how come you didn't do that? And I told them what happened. Go, they all went, oh, yeah, okay. I understand. <laughs> <laughs> you got a little distracted there. Yeah, now, now we understand. Yeah, okay. That makes mm -hmm. sense. You know? So for me, that was, that was probably one of the cra craziest two things that ever happened to me while on stage. But the teeth coming out, that, mm -hmm. that you know, probably one of the funniest. Yeah, yes. The least. yeah. Yes. So, buddy, I've got two questions left for you. Sure. And I ask these to all my buddies that come on the show. Like I mentioned, you're not a guest. You're a buddy. I'm a buddy. Exactly. The first one is in your own words. This is brought to us by our buddy Jonas Kane at Hashtag Positivity. What does it mean to be someone's buddy? When you're someone's buddy, a real buddy, this is the true test of a real, real buddy when you call your buddy up at 3 a.m and you ask that buddy to bring a shovel and a bag of lime and they don't ask questions that's a buddy think carefully about that <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's boy. a true buddy someone that you can depend on someone that you always know will be there for you if you need them so that that's a sign of a true buddy. Um, and, you know, I always tell people that's a sign of a great friend when you can call up that you have an urgent matter, you know, and you don't ask questions. You just say, OK, give me a second. And you just mm -hmm. go, you know, that to me is a telltale sign of of what a true friend and buddy is. Mm -hmm. OK, is that good enough for you on that oh, yeah. one? A buddy's there for you no matter what. Absolutely. No matter what. Absolutely. And and now, the second buddy, question, which is what we call the ultimate buddy cast buddy question, okay. which is in uh, what is your advice to anyone out there who wants to be a comedian? Man. Have a thick skin. Continue writing. And I'll tell you why. When. When you don't really know the rules on comedy. You, because when you are a comedian, you'll, you'll have this box of logic and I'm going to use this legal pad real quick, this box mm -hmm. of logic. Okay. And when you're a comic, you always write all the material that's within the box of logic. Like if it's is something that I know they're going to laugh at and here, I'm going to do something here. And so you're always within this box of logic, but when you're not really too sure and you haven't paid enough time been on enough time on stage you begin in the beginning to think outside this box of logic it could be here it could be there because you don't know what the rules are right you don't know what what things are going on you have no idea there are things that i have written down on old composition notebooks drawings bits little pieces here and there just writing stuff that I thought were funny, but I just wasn't ready to know how to deliver that material. So you keep all those notes. I have folders full of napkins, placeholders, this, that, uh, 
you go to a diner, you put a placemat, and I would write a whole bit right on the placemat, right? Mm. Oil stains on it, shit, all that crap, right? And I have that stuff that I still go through today. And I'm going, nah, I already do that. I don't want to do that anymore. And then I rip up some other stuff. I'll go, oh, that's a great idea. You know, um, you, you know, you take that information and you learn and you got to be consistent. And if you really want to make this a career, be thick skin enough. And you got to really learn to make this into a business. No one's going to come up to you and says, oh, my God, you're a star. We want to sign you right now. It's not going to happen. <laughs> not going to happen. But if you work hard enough to get from one club to another 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 club, and also you start network, excuse me, start networking, and you continue doing that, then all of a sudden, guess what happens? Hey, we got a phone call from New Orleans. You got to go down there and do a show. Okay, they love you. You start making a business. Well, what else? You got to send a bit here. You got to put bits on the internet. Okay. Back in the day when I first got started, we didn't have all the social outlet stuff. So we used to send videos all over the place. Right. Mm -hmm. So there wasn't now. You just, hey, here to my followers. Okay. Here's it. Send it to clubs. Send it here. If they catch it, if it's getting enough following, enough, people will start seeing you. You got to work. Really work. Don't sit in front of your computer watching porn. Really go ahead and do the things that are necessary to make you move you up to the next step and start writing. Continue writing. I wish I could tell you that every time I hit the stage, it was a home run. It wasn't. Sometimes you just didn't know how to connect with the audience. And once you learn how to connect with the audience, then you got something special. Because you were, how long you've been doing this, Nick? I've been doing this since about 2017, 2018. Okay. You still, believe it or not, have now found your voice. Mm. You haven't found your voice. That thing that makes you unique to Nick mm. and to the audience. You haven't found it yet. It's not because nope. you're not trying. It took me probably about five years to find my voice. But once I found it, then everything started coming. All those bits that were outside that proverbial box started coming in. I said, oh, I can do this. Now I can do that because I found my voice. I found my character. And if you could do that, well, then you got something special. Mm -hmm. You know? So just like Trent said, yes, write, write, and don't dump. He's right. Continue writing every day that you can. I still mm -hmm. write. You know, there might be an idea that I have while I'm in bed and I'm sleeping. Also, I get up, I run to the kitchen, right? Throw water <laughs> on my face and I write the idea down because the next morning I'm not going to remember it. Mm. So don't be lazy. Write for at least an hour. You know, Jerry Seinfeld is probably the most prolific writer that we had of in our time. Uh, and he would look at it. Someone told me a story. He could look at a chair for like, stare at it for three hours and write an entire legal pad of material on that chair. Wow. What is the deal with the chair? You know, and just sitting there, whatever the case may be. Um, you know, when I create a character for a television show or I create a show, I start writing elements of that show and I start going ahead and putting bits and pieces together to create a show concept, a conceptual uh, version of the show that I'm thinking about. And you just cut, you know, it's almost like, um, you know what a bonsai bush is? What a mm -hmm. bonsai is, Japanese bonsai? Yeah, it's like in the tree. 
leg. It's yeah. a little tree, right? And they make yeah. it and so mature. It could be 200 years old, but it's still this big, right? Yeah. With a tree trunk and this and that. And you just nip. You just keep on yeah. nipping at it and, and doing that until you got that perfect, perfect bonsai bush that you nipped enough. And then after a while, you're like, yeah, you know what? It could be better. Okay, let's do it some more. And you can keep on. You can take old bits and pieces that I no longer use. And sometimes I gut them. I gut them out. And so I'm going to use this line. I'm going to put it together with that line. And get. And guess what? Got a new bit. You know. There you go. So if you do that, that's my thing. For all new writers that are out there, for people who are in the comedy industry, and those who are not in the comedy industry, but always wonder, how the hell do you wind up doing that? when you're trying to figure out how to write segments and stuff like that. I don't care if it's school. I don't care if it has something to do with education. I don't care if it has to do with relationships. I don't care if it has anything to do with that. You got to continue writing and try the material out. Again, you may think it's funny off stage, but is it funny on stage? Like what you told me earlier. Mm -hmm. Sometimes it is. Sometimes it isn't. Exactly. You, be, you may be laughing your head off when you're writing it, but then you go on stage, cricket. Yep. And yeah. then there's and other the thing is, right? is also, but you got to draw the audience in. If the exactly. audience likes you, here's another thing. If the audience likes you, I have a, a an opening. It's really bizarre where I come across, like I said, dress black leather, bing music. I'm sucking down a cigarette. It is loud, brash. And all of a sudden it comes down to this small little thing that I do. And the place goes crazy. I won them over. I got them in the palm of my hand. And mm -hmm. in a nice way, I have them upon my hand. Now they bought into my character and they love that character. So as long as you can do that, you're great. You're golden. Yes. I forgot to tell you the first time I ever got a room laugh. It was, it was an, it was my second open mic. It was at juniors. They had, when they had open mics and I like, I almost forgot about it and I couldn't hear it real quick. And I said, I almost forgot to tell you guys, I'm the hide and go see champion of my neighborhood undefeated. Because one time they even awarded me the Amber Alert and the place went nuts. Yeah. If you got so, a bit like that, you use it in your show. Then you mm -hmm. wonder, how can I add to it? Mm -hmm. How can I take that funny line and maybe add a second line? Johnny Carson used to have a thing called the, the, you know, the rule of three. One joke, two jokes, three jokes, and then you cut it. You segue to something else. I believe in that. Mm -hmm. You know, that's absolutely true. Yeah. You know, I believe in the three rule, you know, so, uh, but that's the way I run my thing and that's the way I do it. And that's what makes basil work. <laughs> so, mm -hmm. and my character, and for all those who are listening right now, who are, you're in that wonderful eerie PA area. Uh, listen, uh, we got to come back there. And yes. uh, do a show. Maybe Keller's will be watching. You never know. And uh, they'll bring me back. Or I'll do a big show at the theater uh, right around the corner from uh, where the club used to be. So mm -hmm. hopefully we'll get a chance to do that. Yep. Hey, we'd love to. If you're back in town, just let me know. I we'll will. do lunch or something, you know? Done. Done. Done, done, done. Are Sounds we good with good. the questions? Yes. I was about to say, I have two more things I just want to say real quick before we tie sure. out the show. The first one is... The thing you saw earlier for Best of Erie Reader, we are actually up for Best Podcast in Erie, Pennsylvania. All right. So for all you out there, please go to this. There's um, there's the three bars in the right-hand corner once you get to the ballots. Mm -hmm. Go to pod Best Podcast, and you'll see BuddyCast on there. 
Beautiful, so if man. you could if you could spare us a vote, that'd be lovely. You know. I think that would be great for all of you who are listening right now. You should do that. And I also want to say a good hello to uh, the guys that uh, we're talking about Mojo uh, and everything for the morning show. Yeah. uh, Just love those guys. Really do. I miss you all. I really do. I miss you guys a lot. So for Mojo and the entire morning show uh, from Basil, love to you guys. Uh, Great radio show, by the way. Yes. Yes, great they are great show. quality guys. I've I hung I hang out with AC a lot. Yeah, until so. AC, I say hello too, man, for sure. Will do. And I have one favor to ask you before sure. we end the show: go be someone's buddy today. I, I just made a buddy with you earlier today, man. Okay. What else could you ask for? For God's sakes, you know. <laughs> but anyway, I want to thank all of you for uh, catching me on this wonderful buddy cast. And I got to be honest with you. It's been a lot of fun. I can't wait to come back to wonderful, wonderful, warm and lovingly just beautiful where the birds I'm sure are just twerping right now. Erie PA, uh, a buddy for all the people who are listening and watching right now. And there's going to listen afterwards. I want to say thank you all so much. Have a wonderful holiday and a fantastic new year. I appreciate all the time you gave me. Thank you, buddy, for being a buddy here on BuddyCast. Stick around. We'll chat for a minute afterwards. But for all my buddies out there, this is my new buddy, Basil. Please, if if he's in your town, catch him. You won't regret it. And we'll catch you all next time here on everybody's favorite show, BuddyCast. BuddyCast. Even downright cutty, buddy, buddy Wish I missed the past, buddy, buddy But there's still buddy cast No, don't be naughty, go meet everybody Here on buddy cast Hey buddies, you thinking of starting your own podcast? Why not use Anchor? It's the easiest way to make a podcast And here's why First off, it's free Secondly, you have creation tools to record and edit right from your phone or computer. Third, Anchor distributes for you. You can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and more. Fourth, make money with no minimum listenership. And finally, you have everything you need for a podcast all in one place. So what are you waiting for? Download the free Anchor app today or go to anchor.fm to get started.